this is Colin Hay here, uh, self-quarantining in Topanga Canyon, California. Originally from Saltcoats, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, you're listening to... Uh, uh, now, what is it? That's right. Writer's Block Radio Hour. Heard only on Super Sound Radio. Carry on. To cross the desert and the great divide Drinking only golden promises And white lines in my eyes And all the sons and daughters Followed all the signs to paradise Believing only dreams and promises With starlight in their eyes Before, but we can still pretend I was swimming in freezing water I could hear the music from the other side I looked up and I saw my father Tears were in his eyes
Holling Goldsmith Shrine We didn't know what to do with your flowers Each unspoken story Red roses, white, chrysanthemums, pink dahlias The wild purple one Single and in bunches A crowd of candles huddle together making heart shapes Tiny flames dance and drown in the Glasgow rain Whose invisible fireworks ignite infinite circles Connecting crescendos across the ocean of our wee pond A returning migrant swan tastes her first sip of September A purple balloon tugs on a cord while others soar in the sky. We don't want your shrine to die at the mercy of the wind, the rain or others. No, surely not. Here, it's Saturday night, hen, and no everybody got to be brought up right. Take them up the road, will you? It's dark. They'll get volleyed and smashed to fuck by dafties. Or by accident. We gather the waxen mourners. Keepsakes without a keeper. Extinguished remembrances. Curry into a plastic bag. We throw the flowers on the water. Disappointing the swans and confusing the baby seagulls. Knee bread, roses, what's the point of that? Are we priests or vandals? I only knew you not to say hello to. Flowers now forever scattered, floating free if they make it past the sluice gate. Nearer you in our sea. A pair of dafties unfurl from a drunken tango, poised on the edge of the path, in reach of floating floral tributes, one holding his older pal's hand in a balletic stretch, on tippy toes, on trust, to pull a plastic bag out and rescue this final scene. Now beautiful as you. Your flame burns in my home as you return to yours, leaving home again. I don't know when to blow your candle out. I Want to Know All the Words, written and performed by Antoinette Lavecchia, and I'm in the New York metro area. Nobody listened to me. I asked my daughter to write me a list, as she not do yet. Ooh, my favorite show is on TV. Ha <laughs> this girl, she sings so beautiful. Ah, my daughter, she no lucky. She get a divorce. She no have children and she have so many problems as she never listened to me. 
I tell her not to marry Mark. She say, when? When you tell me? I say, you come to me. Or you say, I want to marry Mark. And I say, you sure? Huh? <laughs> now my daughter want to marry again. Somebody who have two children. I tell her, he never going to love you the way you want. The children always come first. She say, I know, ma, I know. Ah, everybody know better than me. I'm 75 years old. Everybody think I'm stupid. Now my daughter called me. Ma, he do this, he not do that. I say, you can't complain. You don't want to listen to me? And that's what you get. You can't change anymore. Huh. Mm, you know what my mother used to say? Manda rosore per quando spandi di sole. Send red to your face when you want to do something not nice. <laughs> Where I come from, you marry one time and that's it. You're stuck. You think my husband is perfect? Oh, my please. Egoista, 100%. You understand? Selfish. And he tell the same story all the time. Everybody love me. Wherever I go, everybody love Vinny. Oh, I can't listen anymore. I am tired. He treat me like ignorante, stupid. He never show me how to do anything. I can't even do a checkbook. Mabafangulo. Oh, I love this song. Suona, suona mia guitarra, lascia piangere il mio cuore. <laughs> when I was piccola, I loved to sing and dance. I sing all the time with the radio. And I love school. My mother take me out of school dopo la terza media, fifth grade. And when somebody asked my mother, tua figlia tena una orecchia per la musica. Your daughter have ear for music. Why you not let her study? My mother say, no. Aquí tante, aquí niente. Her other children no finish school, so why I gotta finish school? Hmm. Contadini, my parents. They no understand. So, now I learn things by myself. I go to church in English. I do the Facebook, Skype. I watch so many shows on TV nella lingua mia and I learn something new every day. Now I just want my daughter to please write me words. I need the words in English to write on the Facebook. Not just happy birthday, other things. I hope you have a beautiful day. Uh, congratulations on your graduation, like that. She say, what do you want me to write for you? I say everything. I want to know all the words. Oh, now I wait for my daughter to send me this list. And I watch my shows. I work in my garden. I chase the animali who eat all my beautiful tomatoes. I worry for my children and my grandchildren. I do everything for my husband. And my body hurts me all the time. So much pain all the time. And I forgive everybody. But I never forget. I'm 75 years old. I'm not stupid. I know a lot of things. And I keep learning. I want to learn the things I don't know. Not like my husband and my children. They know everything. Oh, after I die. Then they understand. Mama aveva ragione. Then they wish they listened to me. Yes. Yes, they do. 
Ooh, I love this song. La senti questa voce che cantava il mio cuore. Amore, 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 è quello che so dire, ma tu mi capirai. Mm-hmm. There's a riot in London, uh, 16th century, Henry VIII, and, and it's, the, it's the young apprentices mainly who are out on the streets, and uh, they're complaining about. Uh, the immigrants in London taking our jobs. They call them strangers. And they're causing a fuss, and uh, Thomas More, um, a lawyer, is sent out to put it right. Bank down the riot. May Day riots. And uh, he does it in two ways by telling them that you, you, can't, you, can't, have a, you, you can't shout like that in public, you, you can't cause a f- disturbance. You can't be violent. It's against the law. And then being by Shakespeare, he says, and you can't do it because be humane. So someone in the crowd shouts that the strangers should be removed, and Thomas More uh, says, grant them removed. And grant that this your noise hath chid down all the majesty of England. Imagine that you see the wretched strangers, their babies at their backs, with their poor luggage plodding to the ports and coasts for transportation. And that you sit as kings in your desires, authority quite silenced by your brawl, and you in wrath of your opinions clothed. What had you got? You had taught how insolence and strong hand should prevail, how order should be quelled. And by this pattern, not one of you should live an aged man, for other ruffians, as their fancies wrought with self-same hand, self-reason, and self-right, would shark on you, and men like ravenous fishes feed on one another. You'll put down strangers, kill them, cut their throats, and lead the majesty of law in Lyam to slip him like a hound, O desperate as you are, wash your foul minds with tears, and those same hands that you, like rebels, lift against the peace, lift up for peace, and your unreverent knees make them your feet to kneel to be forgiven. Say now, the king, as he is clement, if the offender mourn, should so much come too short of your great trespass as but to banish you, whither would you go? What country, by the nature of your error, should give you harbour? Go you to France or Flanders, to any German province, Spain or Portugal, nay, anywhere that not adheres to England, why, you must needs be strangers. Would you be pleased to find a nation 
of such barbarous temper that breaking out in hideous violence would not afford you an abode on earth, whet their detested knives against your throats, spurn you like dogs, and like as if God owned not, nor made not you, nor that the elements were not all appropriate to your comfort, but chartered unto them, what would you think to be thus used? This is the stranger's case. And this your mountainish inhumanity Thank you. Come over to the sunny side now. Australia, a great place for families. Opportunity for you. Fine for your wife. Great for your children. You could be on your way to a sunnier future in the new year. On your way to Australia, a great place for families. Send for this free wallet of information. You'll find a coupon in this week's local TV paper. I mean, I was home. You know, you're young and so you're somewhere else and you adapt. You change your accent to speak like an Australian bloke just to assimilate. You know what I mean? All that stuff. I had two accents growing up. I'd be with my parents, I'd speak like this, then I'd go out in the street and speak like that. Just to, just to get by, to not get into fights. I'd go back home, hey, doing all right? And that was, it wasn't a conscious thing. And then when I left, I left here, the Australian accent just disappeared and it never came back. Don't go out in the night wants to fight when up lying on the ground I dream of lying in the sun in my ears hear the ocean roaring like all good wayfaring sons travel home and the rain is pouring soaks me to my skin Duck into this public house, get shattered by the din. I sailed across the sea, my family and me. Never knew if I'd return. In my memory, I yearn. So here we are once again. My friends and the whiskey's flowing and as the cold night air descends I drift away and my mind it wanders back to southern skies I call myself a fool hope I wake and realize Better than yen 
some people they get Yes, round the world I've been No two places are the same I dream of lying in the sun In my ears hear the ocean roaring Like all good wayfaring sons I travel home with some more good stories I'll build them up through time I'll all become a pack of lies when I'm beyond my prime. Oh, my, 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 oh, my, my, oh, 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 Just Another Someone by Brian Conahan, Performed by Carolina Perez and Lydon Whittle. There goes my home, my play, my school. My heart smiles. The trees we climbed, the sea we swam. Place that tells me I was once a child. There goes my home, my everything. My canvas, my first kiss. Waiting until Mama and Papa fell asleep. To run, find and feel his lips. There goes my home, my voice, my faith, my inner safe, the hunger shared, a future craved. Across the horizon, we gazed, we waved. There goes my home, my hope, my peace, my dream desire, ears on tails, from wrinkled tongues, the tastes, the scents, the foreign guns. We could no longer remain. We could no longer remain. They squeezed us onto a boat. They squeezed us onto a train. A bend in the moon guides our rust-riggin' fear. We hold on to dear life anew, in pitch black with only yellow eyes in view. I closed my face to pray the cries and howls away. We moved to the rhythm of the rail. Mothers, fathers, the young, the old. Terrified. In terror. Through dawn's tears and mist, they float past like driftwood. Too many orphaned or widowed, or wished to be. We arrived, I lost Papa's hand, scraped my feet and gripped the earth of my land. I am the same as you. We are the same. I have a mother. I have a father. I have love. I have love. I surrender myself to memories. All I have is memories. We arrive with a new title. Refugee. Legions of kindness battle with those of cruelty. Spits with embraces. We are nobody in no place. We are nobody in no place. Branded under foreign flag without art, beauty, humanity. A life suppressed. Let's make the best of it. Let's try to make it. One day I might return to my play, my school. My heart smiles when things will be changed. 
I fantasised of returning to that first kiss, his lips, his skin, my everything. When I will kiss my sisters. Breathe Mama and Papa. Inhale the sea. Hug the horizon. Touch joy at the tales being sung. Sleep again. Feel again. Smell again. Laugh again. Rid myself of this loneliness. Allow my heart to bite. Cycle. Paint. Sing. Run. Be recognised. Be recognised. My name is Nazar Kabani. Sixteen. Orphan. Refugee. I fled Syria. My name is Hannah Yellen. Artist. Orphan. Refugee. I fled Poland. In 2017. In 1939. I am someone. I am someone. Hi, my name is Vicky Madden and I am the creator, screenwriter and showrunner of The Kettering Incident and The Gloaming, which is coming soon to the UK. You're listening to the Writer's Block Radio Hour, only on Supersound Radio. What do we got? We've got a possible crime scene. Brace yourself. Any ID? Jenny McGinty. That's not Jenny McGinty. She died over 20 years ago. Detective O'Connell has joined us on this investigation. Alex? Molly. An old school ID card was found on a body. And now you're here. If this crime has anything to do with Jenny's murder, then I want to know. Why would someone roll a body in Barbara? Could be some kind of religious, spiritual thing. If you believe in that kind of stuff, you mustn't let this case consume you. Nothing good will come from this. Evil exists because God wants it to. Our beliefs is all we have at the end of the day. Do you have another reason why my daughter was murdered? That's what we're trying to find out. There's a much bigger picture going on. You know something that I don't. I don't know the truth, Alex. I know you do. Live in the afterlife. Do you? The power of radio. Bad weather. At the racetrack. In the shower. Oops, sorry. All things that never actually happened. But while listening, you pictured them all, didn't you? You see, radio uses theatre of the mind and has a one-to-one connection with every single person listening. So if you want to get your business message across, then there really is no more intimate, creative or cost-effective way than using local radio. For more information about advertising on Supersound Radio Scotland, email supersoundradioscotland at gmail.com and we won't send our fire-breathing, water-boiling, toaster-popping crowd over to see you. Yeah, and once again, that's not real. Local radio advertising. Try it today. 
This is A Place in the Sun, written and performed by Kathleen Ruddy. Middle class, middle aged, middle England, middle to the left conversations. No wonder this country's sinking. Leanne lives in a high rise flat. She's above everyone looking down on New England from her place in the sun. Leanne might get pissed this Friday. Bag of chips, stout, proper English nosh from back then when nobody had out. Leanne is the sum of her own two parts, two English halves and one big hole. Half of Leanne spent his life between mine shafts digging out England's coal, but Leanne wants to bring back hanging, bring back Thatcher. She'll sort him out. Old man Dan, the retired fireman, wants to hand Leanne a big spade to knock herself out. Janice lives in the ground floor flat. She doesn't look down on anyone. She looks out across a level playing field from where two wars were won. Leanne met Janice out of the bins. She said, it's not that I'm racist, Janice, you know me. I'll give anyone the shirt off my back and with strong capital if they were in a crisis. But I don't know any of my neighbours now. They might be ISIS. I wouldn't know what language to ask for a cup of tea in. <laughs> And she laughed and Janice pulled her headscarf further down over her bald head because bone marrow doesn't discriminate between the living or the dead. Mohammed lives in 19B. He doesn't mind what he looks out on except open sea or closed bars. Mohammed stole Leanne's job. He's a consultant epidemiologist and she shoves her hand up chicken's arse. Old Jim's been living in a living since the Dory's put him up, but he didn't get where we used to die in a half-empty cap. He still likes his eggs, a sunny side up. Cancer took his leg, Chancellor took his cheque, but old Jim Finnegan must begin again being deemed fit for work. Yet there he sits, pathetic with his prophetic, pontificating the full Brexit to his fall of tattooed lambs, yet still living on the fringe of ginger beer and gay vicars and homemade jams, gold rings on their fingers and bells on their toes. Rural Britannia will have sunny sides up wherever they go. There's a cafe downstairs that serves a full English. Leanne's first in line. All the great British dishes served up in a plate of wishes by free-range foreigners who bought into the clipboards and the signs. Leanne spills out onto the counter, flapping her feathered lashes at Victor. He's all right. He integrates. He don't have a belly full of Semtex and postbox eyes that play hide and seek with her hate. He also doesn't mind that Leanne's a bit fat when he pulls out and comes over her back. He pulls out for England. One less on the dole queue. One less immigrant son who'll have to climb 978 stairs to find his place in the sun. He likes to go up after his shift, going up amid five nations' piss under one lift, wearing his National Health Prescription English rose-tinted specs. He pops lollipops in the gobs of the sprogs of the yobs that came before him when he pops up for sex. Leanne points her heels to Jesus and thinks of England. Her place in the sun was sealed when the bow bells were ringing. And there, but for the grace of government, go you and I singing, Get your knees up, Mother Brown! Poverty snapping at your heels! 
trying to drag your knickers down. Austerity's brought the wolves to your door. The wolves have full bellies, but they still want more and more and more and more. And when the world fell, we all fell. Middle class, middle age and middle England. Under one sky, under one God, all lungs burn, all heads turn when the blue lights are blinking. And London called to the underworld, go into your cupboards, boys and girls. But we're almighty blighty, we're not European. A stiff upper lip and take one for the team. Ground control to Colonel Tom, we're in this together, but there's something wrong. A clap and a, and a, a badge and a round of the garden. The stable door's bolted, but we're starting to harden. Can you hear us, Colonel Tom? Can you hear us? One flash of light and no smoking gun and ashes to ashes and dust we'll all return. Then all of England will have a place in the sun. Cheers, Govan Hill. The rich languages of our streets, unknown accents and blunt throats, the flapping tongues and the slanging rhyme. Home counties English, Irish Gaelic, Romanian, Slovakian and Polish, Urdu, Punjabi, Arabic and Somali, Pakistan, Bangladesh and Iraq. Cowcaddens, Bishop Briggs, Thornley Bank. The immigrants' tale in every city. Unskilled jobs, minimum wage, part-time temporary labour. Living in crowded, dangerous, noisy neighbourhoods with the most exotic fruit shops, the best takeaways and dozens of pubs. Who else is going to work in our hot phone car washes, meat processing factories, warehouses, all-night restaurants and multi-storey car parks? Who will be the delivery drivers, cleaners, packers and crop pickers, except me and my fellow immigrants? Cheers, global capitalism. They come here for a better life, with their exotic languages and distinctive customs. The noise is unbearable. Quiet discussions about vegan sausage rolls, knitting all through the night, putting a kettle on. And their dogs, cheese, tiny things with their invisible shites and silent barking and nosing around clean carpets all day. They look different too. Ironic moustaches, beards they're too young for, hanging around street corners in big shapeless coats and pointy woolly hats, waiting to nick slates off the roof for dinner plates. Foraging for food in the back courts, tearing open bin bags. 
please leave our truffles alone. New places can be built, new cities can appear. Places of industry become places of consumption. Retail park shopping centre drive through strip malls. A city of digital and finance and creatives and tourism. A low carbon, high quality, cost effective location. A great place to live, work and invest. Maybe that's what Govan Hill is now. An innovative place whose people make it. Maybe that's how we were invented. Because we know better than anyone how things can change. Remember the demonisation of Govan Hill? The fear and loathing when no one loved us and we hated ourselves? Look at us now. Creative hub, development trusts, social enterprises, gentrification, the coolest place in the UK. We were never sustainable before. Not white enough, or vegan enough, and far too working class. Thank goodness being so poor made everything so cheap so the right type of person could move here. Cheers, global capitalism. Mary Hill to Michigan via some other places. Glenn once asked me how I got here. Why did I leave Glasgow? You know, like he's a native Ouija and not an Oz immigrant fleeing the most dangerous country in the world. I hate snakes and spiders, innocent looking jellyfish, and guys who took rugby, stripped out all of the rules and called it Oz rules. Born in Springburn, grew up in Mary Hill, stepped up the social ladder to Annie's Land an inside toilet, my own bed in my own bedroom and a back and front door. I don't remember how I ended up in Clarkson though. Okay, Stamperland or Lower Clarkson as our neighbour, Scotland's Mrs Bucket called it. Fifteen years later, an electrician, two daughters I've never thought I deserved, thirty years in the fire service and my retirement night in a Glasgow pub, my old squad still fighting the same old fires, same old jokes, and only one half-hearted fight. Not bad considering he'd had it coming for 30 years. Ouch. Every night out was the same, well, nearly the same, because I didn't ever punch my old gaffer before, or swap my pension for a lump sum for a handful of magic beans before. Bang, bang, bang. I wake up with a banging in my head, synchronising with a front door knocker. You know ready yet? Given I'm buck naked, that's pretty dumb even for wee Jimmy. In short order, he's got me dressed, down the stairs, into a cab, and on a flight to Alicante. We land, he buggers off, I meet him outside and he's sitting in a bright pink shoebox and wheels. My body shucks for the hangover and the blast furnace heat and it resorts to unconsciousness. I come to with goats bleating and I bring a Glasgow hangover to my new home. I hope I'm still sleeping because otherwise I've exchanged my pension lump sum for an old farmhouse which is nowhere near a cute wee town with a wee bar and tapas in the corner, or a beach, or anything else that would bring you to Spain. My magic beans now amount to four walls with a sort of roof, 
10 acres and 700 almond trees and I hate nuts. I picked up some Spanish a long way and a few scorpion stings and a mail-order American girlfriend. Six years later, I've punched above my weight and married my girl, reformed and sold her casa, sold my beloved motorbike to the leader of her local bike club and packed her accumulated junk into the container truck. We wave a last goodbye to our neighbourhood goatherd, Fulfonso. I'll miss his visits, his homemade rocket fuel red wine, his beautiful manchego cheese, and his legs of ham he smoked in his living room. Hey, you couldn't do that in Glasgow. Oh, well, maybe an Easter house you could. Three months later, halfway in the world, Michigan, 50 miles north of Motown, we surveyed the damage our Atlantic crossing has inflicted on our stuff, and we wonder why the hell we'd bother to bring most of it anyway. Another old house, four acres, no almonds, no goats, no Spanish. <laughs> well, not around this old redneck town. It's a Trump 2020 place, you know. Guns, God and mac and cheese. Think yellow lumpy wallpaper paste without the flavour. Distant gunfire and holidays and most weekends, you know, from Thursday through to the Wednesday. But we're okay. It's friendly fire, I tell myself. And I remember my dad's lump of friendly fire American shrapnel dug out of his back from the war. Now, whoever described Yanks and Brits as two tribes divided by a common language was massively understating the differences. It's more than just calling their butts fannies or having no word for Fortnite and calling aluminium aluminium. We only gave them a language a couple hundred years ago and like most things in this awesomely beautiful country, they've been screwing it up ever since. I'm so glad the Brits sent over their finest all those years ago. We only get two real seasons here. Long, hot summers which just sort of slide into winter then back again. Proper winters. Not your peely wee Scottish ones, oh no. You don't see the locals here with t-shirts and trainers. No singers with high heels and four sizes too small, skin tight skirts with blue skin. Oh no. It's fur parkas, ice fishing, snowblowers, snowplows, snow goggles, Snow measured in feet and smiley red faces everywhere. They like the snow in Michigan. It's a great place if you like steaks and burgers and hot dogs. But how can you really call a country civilised with no chippies? Few curry shops, plenty Mexican, few Chinese and shitloads of sports bars. That's pubs with nothing to make it a decent pub except crap beer. So I'm here, Glenn. And I don't even notice the bad grammar now. The gunshot is somehow comforting because... When the Chinese or the Russians, Afghanis or zombies attack, I'll be safe with this much firepower all around. <laughs> but then I remember my dad's shrapnel, I think, shit man, it's just like the old firm game with fireworks. Hi, my name's Kev Kiernan. I'm from Glasgow. This is a wee quick poem about the immigration system and all of its absurdity and hypocrisy. It's called Names Not Down. Immigration system, so nasty. It has long been out of necessary order. If they survive almost drowning in the seas, our muddy friends arrive on their knees and fragile bodies all bloody, crawling, over ghastly, imaginary border. British state does not sympathy feel. Nations' borderlines don't exist. But 
Its ruling class rules are real. Particular colour of skin refugees don't get in. While countries they are from collect good old British bombs stamped by oh-so-gracious royals. Rapacious and hunting forevermore oil. Capitalist logic so insane, it's preposterous. Sending planes full of ingredients, phosphorus. British land has space aplenty, yet obedient hawk jets return immediately empty. Least they can do is bring back victims too. Instead of bullishly treating them like ghouls, give them desks in our foolish schools. Refusing a prudish passport stamp, they disappear children in concentration camps as if to say thanks for allowing invasions to fatten their banks with profits of doom from missiles blowing apart these foreign living rooms. If fighting is what is genuinely meant, confine it to members of the 1%. Save us all a load of bother and force our rulers to death fight each other. That would leave us cuties to get on with building beauty. Finally get to right their wrongs. Start incinerating their filthy bombs and construct one last pyre to burn away these killer liars. How much do we long for the day of liberation development? Refugees are welcome here. They are not the anomaly. And neither are their families. Set about making our own way beyond this vicious death experiment. A determination to win graces us with much needed patience to make a world that knows nothing of these stupid patriot nations. We wanted to make something that dealt with sort of racial disharmony, um, corruption, multiculturalism within the uh, within um, a modern day society within in Australia, which I think is a very white society, and but it's such a big melting pot for so many different races coming in, and we, we, we wanted to just showcase a bit of that about how it's still not. Ex- we feel we feel Damien Damien and I felt that it's just not. It's still it's still difficult here for different races coming into such a white society and we we wanted to sort of address a little bit of that within but basically we wanted to tell a love story i've watched this city change so much one day everything will be under your control but you've got to realize sometimes you need to use your brain Hey, yourself. In my world, we're forbidden. No one can find us. You didn't tell me your brother was for open, sir. What are you doing? We're in prison. I need you to do one thing for me. I need to see Duke. Duke's on holiday, but we can help you and your boyfriend. Thank you. But we're not done yet, Jawara. 
you like my own, but I will not hesitate to bury you myself. You understand what this means? It is over. Please forgive me, Joe. You're all I am now. You have always been a little maggot. At times, vengeance is all we have. Mom. How are we going to solve your little problem? Do not test me! You work for me! Is there anything you need to tell me? Long live the king. Heritage, a monologue by Vivian Lermond. We are in a century now when the word immigrant conjures up images of black and brown people seeking shelter, fleeing modern worlds of oppression and tyranny, most simply seeking survival. And in the second half of the 19th century, coffin ships carrying a cargo of Irish immigrants from a different quilt of diaspora, escaping on Gortemoor, the Great Famine, fled to America and a chance to change their blighted fate at the hand of their English oppressors. They came through Ellis Island, hopeful for a new beginning and freedom from a long history of oppression against their race. Their hope was challenged when they saw the signs and shop windows that said Irish need not apply. But centuries of persecution had made the Irish resilient and my great-great-grandmother, Rose McBride, took up the mantle of Irish matriarchal strength as if her very life depended on it. It did. Her carefully written diary has been passed down through four generations. Rose McBride stood her small self up against the large voices of the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant patriarchy. She was a feminist before the term was ever defined. Her diary made me proud, proud and connected. This little lady was active in helping organize the longshoremen, and even though it would be years until women received the right to vote, somehow weaseled her way into her local Democratic Ward Council and was a strong campaigner for working class rights. Rose was also a woman with uncanny financial vision, she convinced her husband, Bill, to pinch his pennies and buy land and to invest in the stock market. Her diary tells that she was really big on investing in the railroads, especially the Michigan Central Railroad. Now the Irish are a superstitious race, embracing both the god of St. Patrick and the old Celtic ways with equal fervor. When my mother was born, Rose told my grandmother that the new baby should carry the initials MCRR, as in Michigan Central Railroad, to bring luck and prosperity to her stock market investment. My mother was named Marion Catherine Rose Ryan. Rose McBride, a resilient immigrant who left behind a diary, a legacy of her times and a testimonial to a small woman who refused to believe in failure and stood tall against social injustice and gender inequality. She was a woman ahead of her time that made a difference. 
a woman who gambled on a woman's right to be more than the new world wanted to offer an Irish immigrant. Her final diary entry was dated August 26, 1920. She was 83. The entry reads, Today will long be remembered in America's history. The 19th Amendment to the Constitution has been passed, giving women the right to vote. I am feeling hopeful that this is a new beginning and a chance for change. Let a new generation of women rise up and carry forth with new purpose to ensure freedom and justice for all. Rose McBride, I hear your credo across the ethers that divide heaven and earth. One hundred years later, and we're still working on the whole thing with equality and freedom and justice for all. I take up the mantle. I answer your call. And this November 3rd, 2020, I will vote. This is Christian Zanoni. I grew up in a family which experienced sporadic immigration and one half of my family didn't speak any English. I thought I'd tell my story. I'm not an immigrant. Neither are my parents. Any immigrants I know are hard-working and have immense energy. They put us to shame, really. I've lived in Poland, Italy, Spain and England. But I'm not an immigrant. I was just passing through. Expat, that's what it is. Actually, I don't know what an immigrant is. I mean, my dad's Italian and my mum's Scottish. Staying in Italy didn't work out, I came back. Same thing in Poland. But I had the freedom. That's the difference. I had the freedom to move there. Spain too, got my residence. Just for work, but I used to come back there. For jobs, it's hard work, packing your bags all the time. But if you have somewhere to run back to, with your tail between your legs, it's different. I mean, my mother's Irish ancestors, they were real immigrants. I mean, when they up sticks to settle over here, they came to settle. It's that process, you know. Okay, my papi, maybe he was an economic migrant. He's lived in loads of countries. He must have been around the world at least 20 times. And that's what my parents were. I mean, they met in Germany when they were both working. So that's what they were. Economic migrants. But am I? I don't feel like one. I feel like a conscientious objector. <laughs> Anytime I was in Italy, I had to present myself to the police on arrival and when leaving. The perks of being dual national way. One time I'd been over there for more than three months, which wasn't allowed. Effectively illegal. But they were just going to announce that the military thing was going to be scrapped, so I got away with it. But I was terrified. Imagine dual nationals and, I don't know, illegal immigrants, all working together, hiding out in a rural mountain village, in the background, trying to blend in, Albanians, guys like me. Because that's what we were, what I was. In Italian, they call this untaxed cash in hand work, in nero, in black. I remember Visa, the Banian guy I was sharing the dishwashing section in the restaurant with, and him saying to me not to worry that they won't catch us. See, we were both being vulnerable to the police. 
I could have got sent down, man. What a mess. What's it all about? You're Polish, you're Italian, you're British. You have to fight for your country. You can't work legally. You can. You're going to get deported. You have to be part of the empire. Ah, oh. My dad got deported from Switzerland. They didn't like Italians back in the 70s. It's scary. I was asked by the Italian consulate to give up my British citizenship at 17. Or agree to dispensation rules, which meant, effectively, I didn't have the same rights as other EU migrants. Unless the army were to have their pound of flesh. I didn't get it. I mean, in my village, if you don't have a job, you go to a factory or you join the barracks. That's the two choices. I knew I would lose two years of my life. The time I was 26, I'd spent a third of my life in Italy. I remember leaving utterly disgusted with myself and the country. I don't even visit the country anymore. Makes me think when I was a kid, I'd be packaged away like a British Airways parcel and farmed out to Italy for the summer. For so many reasons, all that's going to change. Folk will be shunning international travel and going to Europe with their camper vans, but they'll only get three months on the move. No more. The guys, they're going to be doing what I did, ducking the authorities. And what if your car breaks down? Bang. You're an illegal British immigrant. <laughs> all these Brexiteers in Europe cursing their broken-down foreign motors. <laughs> the irony. You were warned. Extremely Right by Glenn Dixon. Performed by Karen Fraser. It had started as a peaceful, socially distant gathering. A few hundred or so folk coming together in George Square, holding placards and peacefully demonstrating in solidarity, protesting against the injustice. Thousands of vulnerable asylum seekers are being given notice and the Home Office announced it was lifting a ban on asylum evictions with immediate effect during a pandemic. The Home Office should be called the Homeless Office more like. They are looking to go back to their hostels and flats and are demanding the immediate reinstatement of their financial support, which has been entirely cut by this government. Before they were expected to live on a fiver a day. £5.39 to be exact. And now they've decided to stop paying them this. Those who are paid 300 quid a day to stretch out and snooze in a centrally heated House of Lords and take full advantage of their subsidised bar are forcing these poor souls who are not allowed to work or study onto the streets. So we were out there, showing our strength and unity. It was a great turnout, and things were going well. There were a few speakers and a couple of drumming bands, and then the bams appeared. Forty or fifty of them. The chosen few. The Third Reich. A keystone mob of the walking Neds, surrounded by a force field of dark blue uniforms. Britain first, or U-Kippers, or the English Defence League. Hard to tell. Knuckle-dragon inbreds. They all looked the same to me. They were draped in Union Jacks, like zombified Pete Townsend. But without the talent or musical ability. They loved those flags, eh? Mostly drunken men. 
but there were a few hard-faced women in there too. Stoating about, beady-eyed, making Nazi salutes and spewing their special brand of nonsensical hatred. Why should our veterans have to sleep rough while terrorists get to live in hotels? I consider telling them that, yes, they are right. The far right is in fact right. There are as many as 7,000 ex-soldiers sleeping rough throughout the UK. But it has absolutely nothing to do with the people seeking asylum or taking places in hostels. These brave men and women, who were told on leaving the forces that they'd be given priority housing and proper mental health care. But the reality is that they were shafted, just like everyone else. I consider telling them this, but I think better of it. A small riot breaks out and a tug of war happens with the police. They're doing their best to contain them, but every now and again, one or two would break free and try to assault one of us, punching, kicking or throwing missiles, stones, bricks and bottles. The toothless, the feckless, the half-cut master race soon get dispersed and probably head off to the nearest Witherspoons. And for the rest of the afternoon, we are able to carry on with our protest. But did anybody listen? Why not join us, Scaramanga, next week on Writer's Blog Radio Hour, only on Super Sound Radio. My English name is Stephen, and uh, my second English name is Goldsmith. Uh, I grew up mainly around South Australia, a little bit, little bit in Victoria, and uh, my people come from South Australia, uh, an Aboriginal group called Ghana, which are the people of the Adelaide Plains in South Australia. Uh, today, I'm a, I'm a budding filmmaker. I'm learning about media. I do a bit of a radio show. And I'm also uh, uh, doing a bit of filming and editing as well. So I'm trying to get uh, uh, get work in the media area or to actually use the media to, to tell the stories from myself and from my family and from our people as well. Some of the most generous people I know have no money. And that's how it should be. When we have no money, it's a different lifestyle. When you see the old people, uh, There was no, in our language, we have no such word as please or thank you because it is what is expected of us is that we share and we give what we have. Today, we have to say please, we have to say thank you, we have to beg for things. In the old days, it was just a giving thing that we would share things. That was a part of who we are. And not only for Aboriginal people, I expect people all around the world would do the same things before money. But nowadays, it's mine. There are words like mine, 
There was no such word as mine in my culture. It is ours, it is a collective, it belongs to all of us. But today we have I, me, mine, and we don't share, we don't give, we don't give free of our spirit, we don't share our things anymore. And it's become, it kills, kills us as human beings, as a society, of, as, a, as, a, as a race. When I say race, I'm talking about the human race. But we deny other people shelter, we deny other people food, we deny other people their survival purely because of money. When I do visit uh, communities that are remote, that are still live a very much a, a, a semi-traditional lifestyle, uh, I can see the difference where there is a, uh, we don't have to pay. Uh, my son says, isn't it funny that when, when non-Aboriginal people have money, they eat crayfish, they eat abalone, and they eat quandongs. When our people have money, we eat Kentucky Fried, uh, takeaway food, and when we haven't got money, then we eat crayfish, abalone, and quandong. Because that is our natural food, and it's easy to get. Sometimes we take those things for granted. What other people see as a delicacy is our traditional food. Uh, for me, what would make a difference is uh, I talked about my journey on, on public transport and it seems that the seat next to me is always the last seat to be taken. And sometimes people will be standing in the aisles but they will not take that seat, they are too scared to, to sit next to me. Please don't be afraid to sit next to me. Don't be afraid to say hello. Don't be afraid to smile. Don't be afraid to be sociable. Don't be afraid to get to know me. I do not bite. I would love to sit down and know who you are and hopefully let you know who I am to share our stories and to understand each other fully. We won a Grammy in 1982 for Best New Artist. That was like 30 years ago. Can't wait to see what happens next. I really liked Men at Work. I loved Men at Work. Men at Work were everywhere. It was this ecstatic energy running through their songs. Conflict began to happen in the band. Our band was just a band that was never destined to go the distance. He's going to tell us why, besides musical differences, these guys left the band, right? No. Colin James Hay is now on his own, nurturing a solo career. Just be aware of what may happen if you aren't men at work anymore. I kept on making wrong moves. You have the same performer, you have the same talent, but nobody cares. That is a hard slot. I was drinking a lot, doing lots of drugs. This is everything he'd have built shattering in front of him. I didn't really know what to do with myself, so I thought, well, I better go out on the road. He had that. You know, there's nothing else I want to do. He's a fighter, Colin. He doesn't give up. I woke up this morning, same old questions in my head. I'm in the light of... 
so many people are confections, and Colin's kind of approaching it from the whole other direction of how real can I get? How much can I take this down to the essential me? listening to Immigrant, an extended episode of Writer's Block Radio Hour. Tonight you heard Glenn Dixon, Karen Fraser, Vivian Lamond, Peter Moen, Dave Patton, Antoinette Levecchier, Pauline Goldsmith, Kathleen Ruddy, Kev Keenan, Christian Zanoni, Stephen Goldsmith, Brian Conahan, Josie Merkel, Carolina Perez, Lydon Whittle, Vicky Madden, Paul Island, and music from the fabulous Colin Hay. 
Writer's Block Radio Hour was curated, produced and engineered by Glenn Dixon. Don't forget to join us next week at the same time, only on Super Sound Radio. Radio.